Well, good. hey guys, good evening. It's Pastor Randy here with uh, Made Free Church. Sorry about that, man. It's uh, not doing what I wanted it to do. It never does. It's all right, though. God, give God all the glory, right? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you know, we changed to Wednesday. We changed to Wednesday and Friday nights because of the simple fact of, uh, well, I might do Friday mornings because there's some things that we do at night sometimes. Um, and uh, so I just wanted to get on here and do a bible study and worship god and you know um just uh you know god is good guys you know what i mean he is so good and and um i don't know man but hey if you guys need prayer please go to uh madefreechurch.org uh, you know we have a whole intercessory prayer team that is set up uh to uh pray over your prayer requests and we have you know we believe in the power and necessity of prayer. A lot of people, um, you know, they pray, but, you know, and I'm going to do something on prayer one of these days, man, because there, you know, there, I don't think there is a wrong way to pray, but, you know, it is what it is. So, guys, we're live here on YouTube, Facebook, uh, as well as the podcast. Guys, give a like. Uh, it helps us reach more people when you like our videos on YouTube. Um, so if you guys could do that, that would be awesome. Let's get into prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come before you and we say thank you for all that you do, Lord. And we just want to love you and we just want to worship you, God. And Lord, as we uh, go to our Bible study tonight, Lord, just ask that you bless this Bible study. Bless the people who are going to hear it, even on the podcast, as well as on YouTube and Facebook, Lord. And we just love you, and we just worship you. Get this old preacher out of the way, and, and let your word go forward, Lord. And forgive us of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. If you guys want to comment, you guys are on YouTube and Facebook. You guys want to comment, go right ahead. I will catch it. Um, so, um, yeah, guys, so let's get into this, man. This is the, the, the birth of Jesus foretold, and we're going to be in Luke chapter one, verses 26 to 38, but I'm probably going to extend that to verse 56. So yeah, you know what I mean? And we're going to be talking about the birth of Jesus foretold, right? So as we continue our study in the gospel of Luke, which I'm calling to seek and save the lost. Today, I would like to study the passage which we see the birth of Jesus foretold. You know, and I think this is important that we understand this. We're getting back to basics here, guys, going through uh, the book of Luke. So, you know, the announcement or the enunciation of Gabriel to Mary that she would conceive and bear a son has been painted painted in scores of artists throughout the century. Uh, uh, Leonardo da Vinci's Annunciation in, in 1442 to 1775, it, you know, is a house in um, it's I think it's in Uffizi Gallery in Florence, Italy, and da Vinci picks depicts Mary sitting outside of her house reading the Old Testament scriptures, right? And the angel Gabriel is in front of her, greeting her. He is holding a bandana lily in his left hand, which is a symbol of her purity, right? Interestingly, many uh, of 
uh, many of the Annunciation paintings have a lily somewhere in the scene. You know, Mary appears calm, although we know from Luke that she was initially greatly troubled in verse 29. And, and Mary was about to receive the greatest announcement that has ever given a person. So let's read uh, Luke chapter 1. Uh, verses 26 to 38. And um, again, if you guys want, if you guys are on YouTube and Facebook, you guys want to, you know, uh, with the comments, go right ahead. Um, please make sure um, that you give StreamYard access to your name on Facebook or YouTube so I can see who's saying what. Um, if you don't, you know, I'll just, I'll put it up there, but it'll say Facebook user or YouTube user. All right, so, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man who was named Joseph of the house of David. Right? Um, and the virgin, the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign forever over the house of Jacob. And his kingdom will be there will there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and uh, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, a, the child to be born uh, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has conceived a son. Uh, uh, old age also conceived a son and this is the sixth month of uh six month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible for god and mary said behold i am the servant of the lord let it be according to your word and the angel departed from her so british bible commentators say um that if you ask a newspaper editor what sort of stories will sell most copies? Three categories swiftly come into mind: sex, royalty, and religion. Now, if they were if 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 they were to be combined so much better, it would be like pop stars love child is good, right? Or a princess secret affair is even better. Or the king's secret night with a nun is you know is, is also better, right? So when people read the story of Gabriel visiting Mary uh, with the child to be born, being their future Lord of the world, their minds easily jump in the way the newspapers have conditioned them to do so. You know, people have, you know, read into the story of all sorts of things that, that aren't there, right? They have failed to notice some of the really important things that are in this story. And Luke begins his gospel by setting 
side-by-side -side similar stories regarding John the Baptist and Jesus the Christ, right? And, 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 and he, he told us about two announcements, two responses, two pregnancies, two hymns of praises, and two births, and that led to two great lives, right? So last Sunday, we examined the announcement of the birth of John the Baptist, and tonight, I would like to examine the announcement of the birth of Jesus, right? In, in the account of the announcement of the birth of Jesus, Luke tells us that we should respond to how we should respond to God's word, right? So, an analysis, an analysis of the of the account regarding the announcement of the birth of Jesus as set forth in Luke chapter 1 verses 26 to 28 will show us how to respond to God's word, right? Number 1, let's we'll, we'll you know, we'll we'll do it by this, right? This announcement by looking at the following, right? One, the time of the announcement. We see that in verse 26a. Two, the agent of the announcement. We find that in 26b. And then three, the place of the announcement, which we see that in 26C. And four, the recipient of the announcement, which we see in verse 27. Five, regarding uh, the greeting preceding the announcement in verse 28. And then the reaction, six, the reaction to the announcement in verse 29. And seven, the content of the announcement in verses 30 through 33. Eight, the initial response to the announcement in verse 34. Nine, the, do the doctrine established by the, the announcement in verse 35. Ten, the encouragement to believe the announcement in verse 36 and 37. And then the final response, which is 11, uh, to the announcement in 38. So let, let, let's really begin. Let's really begin by looking at the time of the announcement. So it, 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 it's, helpful if, uh, it's helpful to remember that God had not said a word, not a single word to his people for 400 years. And then one day he sent an, a, an angel to, uh, the angel Gabriel to Zechariah that his wife, who was going to bear a son in verse, you know, chapter one, verse 13. Elizabeth, who was advanced in years, Right and well beyond menopause, did conceive, and be and and become pregnant with a child, and they called his name John. Now the the announcement in the current account <laughs> took place in the sixth month. That's twenty six a of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Right. So let let the second let's let's look at the agent of the announcement. Luke said that the the angel. Gabriel was sent from God, and that was, you know, in verse 26b, that's the middle part of the verse, right, to make this announcement. Now, Gabriel is one of two angels mentioned in the Bible. The other is Michael, right? Gabriel appeared twice in the Old Testament to Daniel to show what would transpire on the day of judgment and give Daniel wisdom and understanding. If you want to check that out, you can check that out in Daniel you know, chapter 8, verses 16, and then chapter 9, verses 21 and 22. Then Gabriel appeared twice in the New Testament. He appeared to, you know, Zechariah in the temple, informing him that Elizabeth would have a baby in Luke chapter 1, verses 11 through 20. And then six months later, he appeared to Mary, 
to announce that she would be would become a mother of Jesus. Now, Gabriel is commonly called an archangel, but it, it's it's not referred to that in the Bible. Like he's not referred to such in the Bible, right? So we got to understand that. So third, the place of the announcement, right? So Gabriel went to the city of Galilee and named Nazareth. We see that in verse 26c, right? Nazareth was an insignificant uh, agricultural village not far from the uh, major trade route to Egypt, right? Via Maris, right? It, it, it is not mentioned in the Old Testament. Jo Josephus, uh, you know, or the, any of the rabbinic writings, right? Although Luke called Nazareth a city, it's really more that it's really more like a village, you know. Uh, there was about two thousand inhabitants at that time that God sent Abel to it. Now God did not send Gabriel to Jerusalem or some other well-known place. He sent Gabriel to Nazareth. Now sometimes people get discouraged about the location and. And, and they feel like they're stuck in an out-of-the-way place, right? No one notices them. And nothing is ever going to come their way. This is how they felt. Or they, 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 they like to attend church that is small and insignificant where they will never meet a marriageable companion, right? Or they attend a youth group that is small and insignificant that and not nearly as exciting as others and at times like these don't really focus on your location keep focusing on god guys he knows your address and he will come to you just at the right time right so fourth let's observe the recipient of the announcement luke said that gabriel went to a virgin in 27a the virgin Par, uh, Parthenos refers to a person who has not had sexual intercourse. Now he said that the virgin was betrothed in 27b. In, 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 in the culture in those days, girls were usually betrothed at the age of 12 or 13 years old, right? They were then married at the end of a one-year betrothal period. Now the betrothal period were arranged by the parents. And was more binding legal arrangement than our modern day engagements. Only death or divorce could ever sever the contract. And, and the couple could be referred to as husband and wife, right? Now, if her betrothed husband died, the girl, you know, would be, of course, a widow, right? The couple did not live together or have sexual relationships during the betrothed period, right? So, during the year, the girl was to prepare for marriage and the boy was to build a home for his bride-to-be. And then, and when the year was up, was their seven-day wedding feast. If you guys want to check that out, you can check that out on Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13 or John verse, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. After which the couple began their life together as husband and wife. And only then was the marriage consummated. Right? 
Now, this virgin was betrothed to a man named Joseph in 27C. Though Joseph was a carpenter, he belonged to the house of David. And we find that in verse 27D. Now, King David was Israel's greatest Old Testament king. There were many Old Testament scriptures indicating that the promised Messiah would be a descendant of David. Right? So you can check that out in, in 2 Samuel 7, 12 and verse 16. Psalm uh, 89, verses 35 to 36. And Jeremiah 23, 5. Right? So, although that Joseph was not Jesus' natural father, his adoption of Jesus made him legally a descendant of David. Now, see, at this point, Luke tells us simply that the virgin's name was Mary, right? Luke does not commend her at this point as, you know, he did when he introduced, when it went, when he introduced Zachariah and Elizabeth in previous account, right? In verse like six, I think. And he simply noted that she was a virgin and said nothing about her being otherwise praiseworthy. And she was undoubtedly a righteous young girl. And her testimony in verses 46 and 55 indicates in, in, indicates that, right? But it seems that the Holy Spirit restrained Luke from nothing, from noting anything further about her as to prevent an unbiblical variation of Mary, right? So fifth is the greeting preceding the announcement, right? Now, Luke said that Gabriel came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you, in verse 28. Now, with these words, Gabriel pronounced God's benediction on Mary. God was with Mary to bless her, not because of any merit, but rather because of his grace, right? So the, express, the expression, O favored one, is... I can never say these Greek words, man. Catch your artemi, ni. Right? Um, you guys can look up the Greek words. I suck at Greece work, so I, I apologize for that. But it comes from the Greek word for grace. And this means to show kindness to somebody or with the implication of graciousness on the, apart, on the, the part of the one showing such kindness. So Gabriel's greeting has been often really misunderstood. Gabriel was not worshiping Mary, right? And, and he did not say that she was full of grace. These ideas from prayers that is commonly used by the Roman Catholic Church, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. So that's that's what the Catholics the Catholics say, right? So it's, it's helpful to note that this is not a biblical prayer. Although it, it, it has some biblical language in it. The, the, the problem with this prayer is that it treats Mary as the source of grace rather than the object of grace, right? You know, people pray to Mary because they think that she has the grace to give. But the phrase full of grace is based upon the Latin translation known as the Vulgate. 
of this verse, and it and it and it's an actual it's it's actually a mistranslation of the original Greek text, right? Often, you know, even the Roman Catholic Bible scholars admit this. So don't don't I don't want to get any emails from you Catholic people that are watching saying, Oh my god, you're wrong, blah blah. Although most still think that that Christians should pray to Mary. We shouldn't, right? Um, what the Bible actually says is that Mary was the recipient of God's grace, not the dispenser of God's grace. The Greek word um, um that the, the ESV correctly translates as oh favored one, you know, is, is, is a passive principle. In other words, it refers to the grace that Mary received, not the not to the grace that she can give others, right? So it's important that we think about, we think correctly about Mary. The Bible never says that Mary was out without sin, nor does the Bible say that she remained a virgin. In fact, after Jesus was born, Mary had at least four other sons and two daughters with her husband, Joseph. You can check that out in Mark chapter six, verse three. Also, the Bible never says Mary is able to give grace to sinners. Mary would be grieved to think this is how people viewed her. Sorry, I had to take a drink. What the Bible does say is that she was saved by grace. You know, the way Mary helps us is not by giving us grace, but by showing that God's grace is available to everyone, even those who appear to be inconspicuous or insignificant. Mary's example showed God's grace is available to people like you and me. So six, let's look at the reaction to that announcement, right? Gabriel's greeting was meant to be comforting and reassuring. You know, Mary was greatly troubled at the saying, and, and she tried to discern what sort of greeting that might be, right? And one can understand how a pre-teenage girl would be alarmed by a sudden appearance of an angel in her presence, and then she would have been further alarmed at his greeting. Fortunately, Gabriel didn't leave her in suspense. He followed his greeting with the announcement. So let's notice the seventh. Let's let's notice the announcement. Gabriel announced the greatest event in human history was about to happen: the arrival of the Son of God. Right. First, hold on one second. First, Gabriel announced two things concerning Mary. Right. Mary was found. Mary has found favor with God. And the angel said to her in verse 30, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, aware of Mary's fear, Gabriel assured her that she had no reason to be afraid. And the reason Mary had no reason to fear is because she had found favor with God. The Greek word of favor is called charon. It's different than... The, the word that Gabriel used in verse 28, right? Although that it also means grace, God was showing his unmerited favor to Mary. 
she had nothing to earn or deserve of his grace. God simply chose her to be the recipient of his amazing grace. So Gabriel continued his incredible announcement, right? So Mary, you know, Mary is, is to conceive and to bear a son and call him Jesus. You know, Gabriel continued saying in, in verse 31, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, there's, surely this must have been an astonishing announcement to a young girl, right? Not only would Mary conceive and bear a son, but his name was also given to her, Jesus. <laughs> his name means Savior or Jehovah is salvation. That's what it means. So this is the, 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 the first hint that Jesus would be the Savior of sinners, right? And, and, and he would bring eternal life to those who believe in him by dying on the cross and rising back to life three days later. Right from the beginning, his name testifies to his saving work. Second, Gabriel announced two things concerning Jesus, right? That he'll be a great person. Gabriel said in 32a, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. See, Gabriel told Zechariah that his son John would be great before the Lord, right, in verse 15. But but no such qualifying statement is giving, given to Mary about her baby Jesus simply that he will be great, period, right? No additional qualifying statement. Jesus will be great because he will come to accomplish salvation for his elect. Right? So, therefore, Gabriel said that Jesus will be called the Son of the Most High. The Most High was a favorite expression of Jesus' ancestor, King David. And he used it to praise God. Right? In Psalm in Psalm 17, 7. Now, Gabriel is saying that Jesus would be the Son of the Most High, right? In one sense, every Christian is the son or daughter of the Most High. However, this title belongs to Jesus in kind of a unique way, right? In just a few moments, Luke is going to reveal to Mary that Jesus is not only the Son of the Most High, but he will, in fact, be, in fact, the Son of God in verse 35. That is, Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. Jesus will be great in his office. And, and, and Gabriel, Gabriel continued in, in, in verse 32b to 33, right? He says, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign forever in the house of Jacob and his kingdom will net will be no end there. His kingdom, there will be no end. I'm stumbling over my words because I get excited about this stuff. You know what I mean? So Gabriel clarified that Jesus that's not even on. Hold on a second. Oh. It's going to get kind of loud, guys. I'm sorry, but it's cold. And I'm about freezing in here. So, uh, so 
Gabriel clarified that Jesus would sit on the throne of his ancestor David, right? Moreover, he would reign over the house of his given more descendant Jacob forever. And in the house of Jacob is tra traditionally a way of speaking of the nation of Israel. So, uh, finally, Jesus' kingdom will never end, right? So, a little over 2,000 years after Gabriel gave the announcement to Mary, we can be encouraged that the growth of Jesus' kingdom, right? Like, according to the U.S. Center of World Missions, in 108 AD, there were an estimated of 360 non-Christians to every Christian. Today, there is only seven non-Christians to every Christian. Although, oh, excuse me, I'm hiccuping. Although there's still an enormous amount of work to do, we know that Jesus' kingdom is growing and that will never end. Now, look. let's look at the initial response to the, the the announcement and Mary said to the angel how can this be since I am a virgin in third first three four Mary was understandably puzzled right she was betrothed to Joseph but not yet married to him she understood Gabriel to mean that she would conceive a child before she got married right so she had to ask how will this be since I am a virgin now you may recall Zechariah asked God kind of a similar but not identical question as well. And Luke wants us to see the difference between Zechariah's doubt and Mary's faith in their two questions. Right? So, Zechariah asked Gabriel, how shall I know this? Right? In verse 18a. Like, he wasn't sure whether to believe the angel, so he asked for some kind of sign. And he wanted Gabriel to give him some assurance that that would happen. Now, ironically, Gabriel did give him a sign by causing him to be mute until John was born. Now, we know that Zechariah doubted Gabriel's announcement because Gabriel said in verse 20, Because you did not believe my words. Mary, on the other hand, asked a completely different question. How will this be? Right? Unlike Zachariah, who wanted confirmation that it would happen, Mary wanted to know how it would happen. Like, she believed Gabriel's words, right? She just simply wanted to know how she would conceive. Now, observe the doctrine established by this announcement right so the angel answered her the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you therefore the child will be born and uh, the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God in verse 35 now Mary would conceive by the power of the Holy Spirit no further explanation is given 
about how Mary would conceive and bear a son who would be fully man and fully God. Some call this doctrine of the virgin birth. Technically, Jesus' birth was a natural birth, like any other child's birth. It's, it is better to call, it, call this like the virgin conception, right? Mary conceived a child simply by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? Amen. I don't know who this is, but amen. But, um, Mary's question was, how will this be? It is still a question people ask today. How can a person become pregnant without having sexual relations? Or how can a person become pregnant without artificial insemination? Well, the answer is really simple. Only by the power of God. Only God can bring this about. The virgin conception is an important Christian doctrine. Deny this and you deny faith. Jesus was fully man and he was also fully God. His conception was by the power of the Holy Spirit. Points to his deity. Right? And his birth from a woman points to his humanity. Only the virgin conception preserves both deity and the humanity of Jesus Christ. He is one person with two natures, a divine nature and a human nature. Right? Because Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was not corrupted by guilt of Adam. That is why Jesus was able to be the second Adam, the perfect son of God. Now notice the encouragement to believe the announcement, right? In the case of Mary had trouble believing the announcement, Gabriel gave her a sign. Unlike who? Zachariah, who asked for a sign, Mary did not ask for a sign, right? But nevertheless, Gabriel gave her one anyway he said Mary behold your your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren now apparently Mary did not know that Elizabeth was was pregnant so Gabriel told her and then added a memorable statement for nothing is impossible for God in 37 now nothing is impossible for God right and uh, so there's is there, is there anything in your life that really seems impossible do, do you have broken relationships in your life a, a, a heartache a burden an obstacle a dream a sin now you may think that it's impossible to solve, but the Bible says, for nothing is impossible for God. He is the God of the barren womb. He is the God of the virgin conception. He is the God who is all-powerful. He is the God of the impossible. So look to God and ask Him for help. And lastly, Notice the final response of the announcement. You know, Mary said this in verse 38. Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. 
let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary must have known that obedience would cause her great difficulty. You know, people always accuse her of her infidelity. Uh, people would accuse, always accuse her of her infidelity. They would shun her, right? She nearly lost the love of her life, Joseph, until the angel told him what had happened to Mary. And then he took her as his wife. Nevertheless, Mary simply trusted God. She took him at his word. And this is the way you guys, you know, my, my brother had to kick me in the butt today. You know what I mean? Because I was a bit frustrated with things and how my day was going and and stuff like that. And, and, and you know what? I just need to simply trust and take God as his word. You know, so having analyzed the account regarding the announcement of the birth of Jesus set forth in Luke chapter 1 verses 26 to 38 we should trust God's word right this mean, this is what it means to be a Christian Mary's response should be the response of every Christian behold I am the servant of the Lord let it be according to your word and you know and, and we all need to do this Trust God with your relationships, romantic or otherwise. Let him lead you in purity and righteousness. Trust God in your daily work. Let him grant you success, even though your superiors may not. Trust God in your ministry. Let him give blessing as, as, as you are faithful and in service to him. Trust God in your troubles let him support you with his peace and finally trust God with your internal salvation let him give you new life as you put your trust in Jesus alone amen so awesome I'm sorry I took you guys on, on, on almost an hour but let me tell you man God is good and, and, and sometimes when we get caught up in life and all this other stuff and we're just about to throw in the towel and all this other garbage, you know, all we need to do is just trust Jesus. That's it. That's all we need to do. You know, put our troubles aside. Put this aside. Put that aside. And just trust Jesus. Trust God. Take God at his word. And, and, and you know, Again, we need to do this, guys. We just do. Anyway. <laughs> um, guys, you know, uh, thank you for being here. You know, uh, really. You know, um, you know, uh, it, it's just been a blessing. You know, please pray for us, man, because uh, our church is almost 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 ready to go i mean we got paint and stuff like that which i think we're going to do saturday and um just pray for us guys you know pray for made free church weezer idaho you know uh pray for blessings upon the church pray for blessings upon the family that i live with right now there's such awesome people 
you know, and um, thank God for your salvation, amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this time, God, and we just love you. And uh, we just thank you for all that you do in our lives, Lord. Keep changing us. Keep, keep drilling us. Keep, you know, uh, just keep doing what you're doing, God. Because I'm going to take you at your word. You know, I'm going to take you at your word, Lord. You know, and, and, and we love you and we worship you in Jesus' name. So, guys, go in peace. We love you. If you guys need prayer, please go to madefreechurch.org. And we got, we'll see you on Friday. God bless.